Can I just have a word? Can I have a word with you? I feel it like it doesn't work. work. <laughs> Would you, you let, let me speak? speak? Okay, do it. <laughs> okay, go. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Chef's kiss. What up, Nips? Nips. What up, Nips community? It's your girls, Jamie and Bella, coming to you live from the studio that is in my apartment, <laughs> which is my living room. Three ring lights, three microphones, three Th- headphones. Three people. Two right now. So that would be two microphones, two, two headphones, headphones, and, and three two ring lights. Three? <laughs> An extra one for the sauce. <laughs> Guys. Valentine's Day is coming up. And I know some of you are probably like, eh, Valentine's Day. But as <laughs> but <laughs> where are you going with this? But as <laughs> can't even say it. But as the wonderful movie Valentine's Day by my cars. <laughs> oh man. That was that that blindsided me. Produced and done by the one and only Mike Cars. Shout out to you, Mike Cars. Shout out, Mike Cars. Shout out to you and your and, great movie. By the way, and Bill Binley. And Bill Binley. It Shout out to you them. guys for doing such a good movie. And Gary Marshall. I R.I.P. A legend. Truly an a man, R. I. P. a myth, a legend. And Gary Marshall. Gary. Gary. Not Gary. Anyway, guys, it's Valentine's Day this week. And the reason I bring up the movie Valentine's Day is because I think it covers Every perspective of Valentine's Day. Would you agree? I would agree. You've got the Galentines. You've got the girl who hates Valentine's. You've got the hopeless romantic. You've got the couples. You have the cheating, like all of it. And it's stunning. Stunning. So this Valentine's Day, watch Valentine's Day. It's so good. Great, great movie. Way to go, guys. Big boys. Woo, woo. Wait, can I say something that has nothing to do with anything? Sure. Uh, this is it, listeners. This is not pick me at all. Something happened to me two weeks ago where I was sitting and football happened to be on the screen. And I have found a love for football that nobody can take away from me. It feels like medieval times. I love watching men run around on a field. I can't get enough of it. Anyways, moving on. That was so random. I just had to tell people that I love football now. Back to Valentine's Day. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Um, on this episode, it's a Valentine's Day episode brought to you by Jamie and Bella. The two Galentines who are besties and have been each other's Valentines for the last 23 years. Yes, you heard me correctly. Neither of us have ever had a Valentine until this year. Woo! Woo! And you'll still probably be one of my Valentines. And I already got Jamie and Woven Valentine's Day gifts. You did? Yes, they're very cute. But they're coming 14 days after Valentine's Day. But it's okay because they're still coming. Perfect. So just know that your gift will be here on February 28th. Okay. But... I think it's just important before we get into this episode that don't beat yourself up if you don't have a Valentine, your friends, your dog, your siblings, your mom, your dad. Anyone can really be your Valentine as long as you love them and they love you. Yeah. That's a Valentine in my opinion. And it doesn't have to be romantic. So just remind yourself that if you're feeling down because I know every once in a while when I haven't had a Valentine, I've beat myself up about it and there's no need to. I agree with you. Shall we get into this episode? Yeah, let's okay. get into it. Because now I can use this flashcard. Okay, what the is The one that? I wasn't supposed to use. All right, guys. Our guest today is named Danny Santos. A.K.A. Dumbledore. A.K.A. 
the wise professor Dumbledore. Yeah. Danny is. He kind of gets into this himself, but he's a professional astrologer, a tarot reader, a sound healer, a Reiki mm-hmm. healer, a curandero in training, and a spiritual... Curandero. I love saying it like that. Curandero. And a spiritual life coach. You might have seen his features on BuzzFeed. Hell yeah. Or heard his podcast, The Astro Daddy Podcast. We are also going to be going on his podcast. So hop on over there and get ready for Nail Polish Times Astro Daddy. This episode serves as our next layer into sex, dating, and relationships. And this time we're turning to the stars. We asked you guys, I don't know if you saw it, if you didn't, be sure to follow the Napal sisters on Instagram or me and Jamie. I'm Mine's Bella and Jamie is Jamie Belushi <laughs> because we also put it on our stories. We asked all of you to write in your sign and your partner's sign and how it's going and what you wish you knew about their sign. Then we compiled all the responses we got on Instagram. So thank you for writing in. Thank you. Um, we couldn't get to all of them, but... We got to some. We got to some. And you will learn regardless. Even if we didn't get to yours, you'll probably take something away from this today. Oh, absolutely. We focused on the best and worst Zodiac pairings, I would say. Not just romantic, but friendship. Jamie and I learned that we are astrological soulmates. Mm -hmm. Level two compatibility. I think we're level a thousand. Yeah. But we are astrological soulmates. I think you guys have got to listen to when we go to Danny's because on Danny's pod, he's going to read our birth chart. So we'll really get to know about our entire compatibility. But with that all being said, welcome, Danny. Welcome. Please rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another fun episode of the Nail Polish Sisters podcast. Today, we are adding a very exciting new member to our NPS community. Please welcome Danny Santos. This is what I wish we had. (laughs) That's my crow impression. (laughs) Do it again. (laughs) Wait, can you do the water droplet thing? Oh, yeah. Whoa, crazy. It sounds so crazy in a mic. We're so excited to have you on this episode because this goes into our next layer of what we deem our dating series, our relationship series, sex, all of that. And since Valentine's Day is next week, we thought we'd talk about the best and worst romantic zodiac partners and mm. have you explained to everyone why. Some work and some, unfortunately, don't. And girl, some of them really don't. (laughs) (sighs) It must be really upsetting to find out that if you're like in a relationship, to find out that yours is not incompatible with your partner. Well, the beauty of incompatibility is, so I'm what they call an archetypal astrologer. So I use astrology as a form of like psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. So you begin studying someone where the planets were when they were born as a way of understanding their psychology. So when you're attracted to somebody who's like not a good match for you, what ends up happening is you're trying to heal unconsciously some kind of like childhood wound or trauma or... Oh, Lord. So it's not a bad thing. It's not something that you should be shying away from as long as it's not getting too toxic and things are getting like crazy. But generally, it's like a a favorable thing to be 
with it's somebody just, who's incompatible. Yeah, because you? you're learning. Yeah. You know, that's the point of astrology is like we each fit into one of the 12 signs and these represent the 12 archetypes of life. Mm hmm. So you're just trying to become more like someone that you're not used to being like. That's, That's why really we, interesting. You know? So you're yeah. attracted to what you need to heal or what you need to become more like inside yourself. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. I have a question before we get into this. Let's I'm sorry. It. My, I'm tangled. <laughs> okay. I'm going to botch the word. How do you say the curandero? Oh, curandero. Curandero. <laughs> curandero. Curandero. It's just a fancy way to say medicine man in Spanish. Oh, cur right. cur Curandero. All right. Curandero. So. <laughs> yeah, just keep okay. it going. So <laughs> Remix. We saw that you're a curandero in training. Curandero. So what does that mean? I guess you answered it medicine man in Spanish. Yeah. So um, I've been studying through the Shipibo lineage from Peru for ayahuasca shamanism. So I have, Sick. yeah, I've done 28 ayahuasca ceremonies at this point. Um, I'm that you're leading or that you are participating in. Um, I've, I've participated in 28 ceremonies. And oh, it's fucking dope. This month I'm going to be, um, I'm actually going to be away from until like the, the 18th of February. So I'm going to be doing another round of it, but basically, uh, when you do ayahuasca shamanism, it's another way to unpack the unconscious mind. It's transformational. Sometimes you puke. Sometimes you... That's what I was thinking. I know. was like, 28 times? Well, it's a lot of over the course up. of three years. <laughs> yeah, but you get used to it, right? Well, kind of. Do you, you enjoy throwing up when you're on ayahuasca? Um, you don't throw up every time. I don't no, think. you don't oh. throw up every time. What happens is you're supposed to follow a diet really closely. So the point of you know, going on the retreat is you're going with the specific intention of like having a cathartic experience mm -hmm. and releasing something. So Whoa. it's best to have somebody who's guiding you through like a big part of my spiritual coaching business is guiding people through to prepare themselves for their ayahuasca journeys. Mm -hmm. Damn. <laughs> so I'm, I wish I was that open. Yeah. I'd be so scared to just know. When I was in sixth grade, I don't know if you remember this, but like my dad had just gone to Peru for the first time and I had no oh idea God. what he was doing there. And he came back and obviously he didn't want to tell me that he was do literally getting psychedelic, psychedelic <laughs> so hard in the middle of the forest. But I was like, dad, like, where did you go? And he was like, I spent a lot of time talking to trees. And so I would tell everybody Sounds that right. I'd be like, my dad talks to trees. And it's really <laughs> fucking cool. Well, that's what I'm like. I'm, so I'm in the process of liquidating all of my stuff right now. I'm moving back to Michigan so I can go and study ayahuasca shamanism in, in Peru this July. Wow. So literally I'll be sitting with like this tree called the tree of enlightenment, you know, it's yeah. the Noya Rao tree. Um, and just going so there cool. so that I can officially start my ayahuasca church when I come back. And I'm legally so serve. afraid of ayahuasca. It's like Me one too. of the, the well, bigger fears of What's my life. What's the fear about it? The whole entire subconscious and healing and all of that. Like, I don't. What's you your know zodiac what? sign, Bella? Virgo. Okay. <laughs> you know, Virgo is ruled by the planet Mercury. My parents are both Virgos, so I got this Virgos one Virgos are the best. I love Virgos. I get along with them super well. But it's that OCD, anxiety, wanting things to be perfect. Um, Virgos can suffer from stomach problems sometimes. They just have this... <laughs> <laughs> they just have this energy of nervousness about them from time to time. But Virgo's strength is that they can like organize anything. They're detail oriented. They've got power and intelligence when it comes to life and the details. So we're opposite signs. What's your sign? I'm a Pisces. So I don't know that much about when Pisces. When is your birthday? February 22nd, 222. 
Okay. That's Abby's birthday. Ooh, oh, happy birthday, Abby. Happy birthday, Abby. <laughs> happy Wait, birthday, your, Abby. Yeah, your birthday's coming up. Yes, yeah. it is. So I move out of my apartment the day after my birthday and my wow. dad's flying to LA and we're going to drive back to Michigan together. Oh, so nice. So, but Virgo versus Pisces, like my parents are both Virgos. They're both doctors, detail-oriented, very realistic people. Mm-hmm. Bella's um, very realistic. Well, it's, it's with your sign. Like you can handle reality. You're well-equipped to handle life. The only really? Thing, yes. The only thing you need is, <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, you need a spiritual practice to help balance you out. So like meditation, maybe some ayahuasca, maybe some tarot. We talked about maybe pulling some cards for <gasps> oh, you. I'll get the cards eventually. So, but, <laughs> She's so excited. <laughs> um, but, I want that. You know, so you're well equipped for reality. I'm well, well equipped for like surrealism. Like I didn't learn how to tie my shoes until third grade. And like, <laughs> You know, like Velcro. I, I'm not the most practical person. I'm training to become an ayahuasca shaman and I'm a professional astrologer. Yeah. Like we're opposites. But the benefit is we we can cover each other's weaknesses. And so Virgo and Pisces are two of the signs that get along the best in the zodiac because they have the most to learn from each other. Wow. Interesting. You know? So do you feel like ayahuasca is a little out of your comfort zone? Yeah. That's terrifying. Why? I don't like being out of control. I don't like any of that. Typical Virgo. Sounds like my mom. (laughs) I'm always scared with ayahuasca that some memory that has been lost. I know that's another therapy on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that that's kind of a myth of, of it. Yeah. But I am really afraid that there's things that I don't really want to unpack because I I unpack the past enough in my life where it's like, do I really want to unleash more of that and then have to like grow from that thing that I didn't even know was there? And I'm not even sure what I'm referring to. I just have this weird feeling that something's going to come up that's really going to freak me out. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. Um, You know, by the time we hit 20, 21 years old, we have had 21 years of experience. There's no way you're going to remember every single moment in Mm -hmm. time. So for me, I've done 28 ayahuasca ceremonies. <laughs> so crazy. I'm 29 right now. Um, throughout those 28 ceremonies, I have had memories and things unlocked that I didn't remember. Or like moments in my life that at the time I just didn't, you know, I, I remember one time um, my grandfather was dying in the hospital and he and I didn't have a deep relationship. And when he was dying, I just remember feeling nothing. And on my ayahuasca ceremony, he came to me and like I saw him and we had a conversation and he told me how much he loved me and he was sorry. And I said I was sorry and I just cried and that healed something really profound in my unconscious, Mm -hmm. you know? So like I didn't realize how much that moment had an effect on my whole life. Right. So that's what ayahuasca (sighs) does. It just pulls these things out. And it brings a lot of forgiveness too is what I've heard. Yes. Like I forgave myself for feeling that way towards him and he forgave me and then we forgave each other. Like that's beautiful. It was profound. It it seriously changed my life. Maybe I'll do ayahuasca. I don't I'll know. do it with well, you. And, we and should, it, if we do it though, we should really. I need you there. Yeah, obviously, but we should do it in a, in a very guided, very ceremonial um, way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm coming back to LA, and I'm going to be starting my legalized church of ayahuasca in 2024. So I'll be able to start. Okay, that. I trust you to lead Give me, me in an ayahuasca. Yeah. To mentally prepare. Well, yeah. and the way that it would work is, you know, we would get whoever you guys would want to do the ceremony with everyone together on Zoom calls for about two months. And then we like talk. And the first month is just unpacking, you know, wh- what do you think about this experience? The second month is getting you on the diet, allowing you to kind of prepare. And then we do the ceremony at the end of the second month. And then by the third month, then we unpack the experience. And this would be group, but then there's also one-on-one sessions that would be available as well. Can I do it just me and Bella? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want I think else. she's the only person I could, I'm comfortable doing any sort of any, like if I do a psychedelic, which I won't lie, I have, 
I I would need <laughs> I would need Bella to be next to me. Yeah. Like yeah. she doesn't have to be on it. With you she wouldn't just needs be to allowed be to touch to each me. other during the ceremony. Just because the energies can mix, you're supposed to. You can be next to each other, but you can't. You know, we could even be across the room from each other. Yeah, just I just need her same. like in my. She's like my safe. You got your sister person. there with you. Yeah. What about be. our signs together? We'll get into that. Okay. But before we get there, I know I just have so many questions. I'm I know, but but before on, we baby. dive in, because I think we'll then get into a lot okay. by bringing that up. So before, just for some background on it all, we're going to talk about everyone's signs now, but. What is the meaning and significance of sun, moon, and rising? Oh, I love this question. So as an archetypal astrologer, um, as I mentioned, I use astrology as a form of psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. So Freud has his theory of the ego, the id, and the superego. So the sun sign is your ego. Oh. It's your external persona that you function through the world. When people say like, oh, you've got such a big ego, that's the negative connotation of ego. Yeah. But ego itself is a neutral term. So knowing that you're a Virgo sun, your external persona or personality through the world. Sorry, that was my computer. I'm That's okay. <laughs> Wait, so sun, I always mix it. I know sun what? is your just your basic sign, right? Yeah, when people say, what sign are you? That the sun was moving through the constellation at the time of your birth. Okay. You know? Oh, wow. That's cool. <clears throat> So your sun sign. So her sun sign is a Virgo. Because the sun was moving through the Virgo portion of the sky at the time of her birth. So that means that okay. your ego or the sun, ego is a neutral term. It's not good or bad. It's just how you're, you know, functioning in the world. It's Virgo-like. So like we talk about details, organization, maybe some OCD tendencies, but really good handle on reality and getting the details of life under control, you know? Um, whereas you're a Leo sun. So it's like performing and being center of attention, brightness. <laughs> Leo's the eternal child. There's there's something alive and excitable about Leo's. And then you also got the loyalty thing down. So sometimes that gets a little, me in trouble. I was just going to say sometimes <laughs> a little too much. Yeah. But the sun sign is just how you perform in the world. So the moon sign is what Freud would call the it. It's the unconscious mind. It's how your instincts or responses to life are. Uh, it's the way you feel about things. So against that ego, you know, in astrology, the sun or the ego have a lot to do with the relationship to the father. So if someone's sun sign is poorly aspected in their birth chart, we might see, you know, some daddy issues going on. Mm -hmm. The moon sign in the birth chart is the id, the unconscious response, our emotions, how we feel about things, but it's also the relationship to the mother. So Interesting. this is where we can see if it's aspected well, great mother relationship. If the sun and moon are aspected well to each other, the parents are likely still married. Um, if they're poorly aspected, there can be divorce or challenges between the them. The fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. And then um, the moon is also like if you have a bat poorly aspected moon, maybe some mommy issues going on. <laughs> Ooh. So if I know all three of mine, yeah. would you be able to tell me? Um, what are the, yours? Okay. Sun in Virgo, moon in Leo, rising Cancer. Okay. Cancer, sun, moon, Leo. All right. So we've got the Virgo, sun, Leo, moon. Those are neighboring signs, so your inner and outer world aren't necessarily compatible or incompatible. Um, those aren't denoting mm. any serious, like I wouldn't look at that chart and say like your parents are having any major issues. Yeah, they're still together. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, and especially with a Leo moon, like having a mother who's just like really lo loyal, maybe she likes things her way. She but... has the same birthday as me. My mom's also oh, a Leo. and she's a Leo. There yeah. you go. So of course, if your mother's a Leo and you have like that Leo moon, your instincts have a lot, like you and your mom are going to be very similar. Like the way that she 
behaves outwardly, you've developed the instincts of somebody who maybe you're more loyal or maybe wanting to be in the limelight performing. But between between the two of you, your sun sign, Jamie, being in Leo and then Bella, your moon sign, when the sun and the moon are in the same place in the birth chart, that's a soulmate placement. So we're soulmates? We are. We knew that. It's incredibly astrologically compatible because your ego and your id or your, your external persona and your inner world are the same. So the way that Jamie behaves out in the world, you're like, oh, I'm just so emotionally fulfilled by her. (laughs) And then the way that that Bella feels, you're like, oh, she just brings so much sweetness and almost like this motherly energy to my ego. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Completely. Yeah. So weird. Because I really admire and respect her ability to live in reality. Like, it's something that I admire about her. That Virgo energy. Girl, I admire it too. (laughs) I need to be more like you. Like, that is not my bag. Yeah, I'm not. But I'm a I rising delusional. Virgo, though. You're Virgo rising. I'm Virgo rising. What's your moon? I'm Aquarius moon. Oh, born on the full moon. So that can create an interesting tension of the inner and outer world. Mm-hmm. Because your your instincts, your moon sign. Oh, and we've got the sun and moon opposite each other. So mom and dad being very different from each other. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> they be divorced. There you go. They be the D to the divorce. Uh-huh. So being born on the full moon. I, it doesn't. That one doesn't always denote being divorced, but it shows a lot of tension between mom and dad. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that creates a lot of tension between your inner and outer world. Because Leo's son, you want to be out there performing, extroverted, like center of attention. But your moon sign, your instincts are to not make it about yourself, to be detached, to be thinking of the group, humanitarian. So we may have one parent who's really attached and like wants it their way. And the other one who's like, I just want my freedom and independence. Whoa. Yeah. So astrology is real, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's real as That heck. is weird. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really, really weird. weird. So when we think about the rising sign, your Virgo rising, mm-hmm. your sun sign's Virgo. Mm-hmm. So when we have the rising sign, we talked about the ego, the id, then we have the super ego. So the rising sign is the ways in which other people perceive us, but it's also the way in which we're trying to discipline ourselves. We're like, mm. I have to be this a little bit more. To have Virgo rising in your birth chart, you're going to be very critical on yourself. This is and yeah. like a Virgo. So your sun sign and your rising, you guys can relate to each other on that. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, the sun, moon, and rising is called the big three in astrology. So you guys share two of the same ones, Leo and Virgo. Mm-hmm. Makes you highly compatible with each other. So, this is insane. I, I never <laughs> want this to end. I know. This oh. is crazy. I know. But that's how astrology works. You know, I've been studying. I started studying astrology when I was 11 years old. So I'm 29 now. This is 18, almost 19 years of experience. Wow. Oh. Yeah, you're so... You well know it spoken all. about it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but for your rising sign to be cancer, the way that you're disciplining yourself is saying, I need to be family oriented. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of the needs of the people around me. There's a big drive to like develop intimacy and attachment and making sure the people that you love know that you love them. Mm-hmm. So it's also a little bit of more of an introverted placement. So although you extremely introverted, I would say. But you have a Leo moon. So what's going to emotionally fulfill you is being in the limelight. So you mm-hmm. have to figure that out do you know what's weird about that i don't like this is like therapy now but like i hate going out i don't like really socializing which is unless it's like jamie or like people that are i'm close to but my favorite thing in the world is acting and it's such an and i always kind of struggle with that because i'm like i don't like like the thing that does fulfill me is like being on stage and performing it's like those times that you're in it 
as someone else almost is like the most fulfilling yeah. time. So that's very interesting. But you've got a cancer rising. So more introverted, more yeah. shy. Like we're talking about developing family and feelings and like your close knit community. Yeah. So to have that against the Leo moon where it's like, what's going to fulfill you is actually maybe doing this podcast. This is performative acting, being on stage, writing music, singing, like you need to get over your, um, that the way that you're disciplining yourself and saying, I'm shy. And you have to learn to follow your instincts of being, mm. I'm bright, I'm in the center, I, I can come alive in front of people. Mm -hmm. You're probably an incredible actress with that Leo Moon. I hope. It's good instincts acting wise. She is. You know? Thank you. There you go. So versus that Virgo rising, the part of you where you're like, I need to be perfect. I need to be controlled. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to be organized and, you know, so you guys can relate to each other because the instincts, the id, the, the super ego, you guys have complementary psychology. We do. We do. It is funky, though. Like, maybe funky is the wrong word, but whenever <laughs> funky, <laughs> whenever she's it's having, funky. like, a menti B. Yeah. Often. I'm not. And vice yeah. versa. It is really so, like, interesting. We're, like, and we also follow a lot in line of each other. She usually does it first, and then I'm a couple months behind her. Yeah, but we follow yeah. in the same kind of trajectory and journey of life, which is... Did you say MTB? Menti B, Menti B, like a mental breakdown. Oh, <laughs> a little <Menti> B. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I like that. I actually got that from my friend in New Zealand. She Menti always B? is like, a, she's like, I was just having a Menti B. And I was like, mm. that's cute. I'm gonna start Spicy. using that. Menti B. Yeah. A Menti B. You know what? Pisces is the sign, my sign of like going with the flow and relaxing, and like you know, I could afford to have more M Menti B because <laughs> I like, I'm just so like everything's going to be fine. Whereas the Virgo placements that you guys have, it's more like what could go wrong? Yeah. This could go like how Always. do we prepare? But that's why Virgos are so practical because they're just thinking of the most realistic situation, but mm -hmm. that can even go too far. Yes. Yeah. Whereas mine, you know, my shadow, I could turn negligent. I could just be, it's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Like not a big deal. Oh, I wish. Okay. So now that we've discussed a little bit about our signs and our compatibility, when you are looking at, a partner, whether it be a friendship or a relationship or familial, whatever you're looking at, yeah. what are the signs that you should look at for yourself versus the other person to know that you're compatible? Yeah. Mm. So if we're going to talk Great question, Bella, thank you. I'll do it in three tiers. Okay. I'll do it. Like if you don't know a lot about astrology, like this is level one. So your sun signs being compatible is something that's really great. Whenever we see that in astrology, typically people on an ego level, you're going to get along. So water signs going with other water signs is good. Water signs going with earth signs and earth with water, earth going with other earth signs. Those are considered the feminine element in astrology. So when you have, you know, earth and water, that's generally compatible. So the only one I know is fire and Leo, but otherwise I don't understand like what's water, what's earth. Oh, okay. I can just do a brief rundown. Yeah. Okay. So these, all of the signs I'm about to list would be compatible with each other just on a surface level. So water signs would be Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, and then those being compatible with Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. So all of those signs are compatible with each other. The fire and air signs being compatible with each other would be um, Aquarius, Libra, and Gemini, and Aries, Sagittarius, and Leo. So all of those signs are compatible with each other. So that's just like very baseline astrology. 
if we're talking about like level two of compatibility, you have to start looking at the big three, the sun, moon, and rising Mm -hmm. sign. Because although you're a Leo and you're a Virgo, you guys have different things that make you very compatible. Mm -hmm. Like the moon sign being the same as the sun sign, that's a soulmate placement. So pulling you two together on a deeper level. Um, So you could have someone who's like their sun signs fire and their moon signs water and then somebody else whose sun sign is water and their moon signs fire and those could go well together. Interesting. You know, so you have to kind of look at the whole birth chart. And then if we're talking about things like marriage and, you know, long term compatibility, if you want a partner who's going to like really knock your socks off, you need to have compatible moon signs and happy moon, happy aspected moon placements. Um, because the moon represents your instincts and your emotions. So you don't want to be in relationship with somebody who rubs you the wrong way all the time. And then also positive, right? Like your inst, if you have different instincts, it makes it really hard. Dang. Like if someone bobs left and you're bobbing right Mm -hmm. and you're like, what are, what are we doing? You know, um, we, we can also think about, um, in astrology, the planet Jupiter, So, and again, this is level three compatibility. So you need an astrologer or deep knowledge to understand this. But Jupiter represents the philosophy of what you want your life to be. So if you have somebody who's making really positive Jupiter aspects to your birth chart, you can see someone who's like, they just, we just want all the same things out of life. You know, that's a positive thing to have, but you need to, you need to know astrology well to see this. And then Saturn, which is the planet of restriction and commitment and discipline. We need happy Saturn placements too, because that's going to hold people together. So that's kind of like a really quick overview of three different tiers to find compatibility. Ideally, the best relationships have all of them. I want to know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we could do a session. Well, you guys are coming on my podcast. Yeah, so I'll look yeah. at your charts with each other and we'll talk about the long-term compatibility between you two. It's been, I think we're going forever. Yeah. <laughs> We've been friends since we were five, so I feel oh like... Oh, my God. Soul sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're going on 20 years now, so... Oh, my God. It's crazy. What would you say, out of everything you've seen, is the most compatible pairing? Has there been mm. one where, like, every single time you're like, oh, that'll last? That's a good question. I definitely see some patterns. Mm-hmm. So... When two people are opposite signs of the Zodiac and they have other things that are going really well, those are amazing. So opposite signs can either be very drawn to each other or they can repel each other. So I I really like to see when a couple does have an opposition going on in their birth chart. I do also see like a lot of Scorpio and Pisces, that relationship being just naturally friendship compatibility. Mm. Like those two signs, I'm always like, of course you're, you know, friends with each other. Um, And then weirdly, this is just a pattern that I've noticed. Gemini is one of the hardest signs to like commit. But when a Gemini dates another Gemini, they're like obsessed with each other. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. You know, because it's the twins. So I'm like, the four of you will be very happy. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think generally like just following the rule of thumb, like water base, what I see the most, water signs being attracted to other water signs, earth to other earth, fire to other fire, air to other air. And Gemini is a what? Air sign. Air sign. Okay. So, you know, each element has like a different thing that that ego is going to take on. Hmm. So air signs are like really intellectual. They're all about the, uh, the intellectual connection. They want to be mentally stimulated. Huh. Then fire signs, they're all about passion and the breath of life and like, you know, you. Ex- excitable and, and you know, <laughs> but you've got an Aquarius moon. So you're also cerebral underneath that. You know, mm-hmm. it's an air sign. 
Uh, and then earth signs are very, they're more dormant, more realistic, practical, um, concerned about like having stability and security and money and, you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> Virgo. And then Virgo. Water signs, my camp. Um, so emotional. We just want like our feelings to be understood and like intimacy and connection and emotions. And I have wow. a question and yeah. this is not something we pre-questioned, but what's up with cusp? people oh. so like people right on the cusp <laughs> okay so fancy you what's ask, up people what up with them people on the internet are like cusps don't exist and because they're just like there's like one number right it's like you it's typically like the 21st of a month right where like in western it's one and in eastern it's different or am i completely botching that i think you're you're onto something there um, okay in astrology when the, each sign has 30 degrees that it occupies in the sky so, you know, you could say like from zero to 29.59, you know, 30 degrees, 59 minutes. This is really technical astrology. So there's this many degrees. If somebody is born between the 27th degree to the ninth, the 29th degree, or from the zero degree to the third degree of one sign, they're on the cusp because you're approaching the next sign over. Mm. Does that make sense? Like in spatial, I under I, understand. I understand it, and I understand. It's it's I'm like, yeah, I you're, totally like, understand. Mm, and I'm like, the fuck? Okay. I hear degrees, like and I'm like, oh, hell no. Who's doing the math in her head? <laughs> <laughs> okay, imagine I have a slice of pizza. Okay. And I cut it into 12 equal pieces. Okay. Where the slice is, mm -hmm. let's say each pizza has 30 degrees on the crust, right? Mm -hmm. You break that up. Where <laughs> you just lose me at degrees. You really do. There's a certain amount in which the stars like take up the sky yes. essentially. Yes. Sure. Okay. Leave it to the Virgo to explain it better than me. So what he's saying is that the cusp is like you're born right on the line mm -hmm. where the two meet. sides of the stars meet. Yeah. Got it. And so, so like what does that have, do to your chart though? You'll have qualities. You'll you'll be for sure like the main sign that it's falling under. Let's say you're still 29 degrees Scorpio, but you're about to, you know, had you been born 10 minutes later, you'd be a Sag. You'd still be a Scorpio, but you'll, you're going to have Sagittarius qualities. Mm. It's kind of like a, a color wheel. Mm. At some point, you're going to move out of violet and back into red, you know? But yeah. you mm. can definitely say, like, this is violet, but you, the, if you paired it with, like, more red clothing, it would look red. Right. Yeah, I see. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. So a little abstract to explain, <laughs> but a cusp basically means that you're born under one sign, but you're cusping, so you're right on the edge of another one. So I was born on the cusp of Pisces and Aquarius. Got it. So although I'm a Pisces, I have a very Aquarian vibe about me. Okay, interesting. Because mm. Pisces are typically a little more introverted, very sensitive, very emotional. Um, but my Aquarius side makes me like super extroverted mm. and, you know, very uh, humanitarian. I'm thinking about the world. Cool. So interesting. I hope interesting. that answers the question. A little cusp, yeah. you know. Do cusps have a higher compatibility with more signs or no? Uh, you got to look at the entire birth chart. They're still going to do best. Like if you're that 29 degree Scorpio about to be on the cusp of Sagittarius, you're still going to want to be with another water sign probably, or like somebody who's astrologically compatible. Or you, if you really want to get compatible, find somebody who has a cusp that's compatible with your cusp. Mm. <laughs> oh, damn. You know? So like I've had that with clients before. I'm like, Find someone who is born like January 17th to like the 22nd. And that's going to be your sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. But again, like compatibility. That's wild. It doesn't just come down to the sun sign. You have to look at everything. Hmm. 
We went different languages with that. Okay, I'm going to be selfish and ask. Please. About my compatibility. Well, I don't know anything other than when my boyfriend's birthday is. Okay. His birthday is December 12th. Okay. So he is a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. Are we compatible? <laughs> Although your sun signs aren't typically compatible, your moon in Leo does add to the compatibility factor here. I wonder so. what his well, moon is. That's and probably why are. we get along so well. Oh, yeah. You and Jake get along because so well. Because you're both fire signs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I get you. Like, Leos are loyal. They're going to stick with you no matter what. And Sagittarius is just a little unhinged. And <laughs> like, they're the tricksters of the zodiac. Like, they want to really? drink and travel and party and be unhinged. So oh, they want to be unhinged. So, he wants to be so badly. Oh. But if you're a Virgo and he's attracted to you, he's probably trying to deal with his, like, mind and relaxing into reality and stop trying to like travel and be escaping and you know going all over the place whenever someone's attracted to a virgo they're trying to kind of like sober up their life get more practical (laughs) get more realistic (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) okay so sorry 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 we asked the nail polish sisters community aka nips the nips (laughs) to write in uh, questions they have about their compatibility with their partners or the people they're seeing right now. Yeah. And we got actually a decent amount of questions. Yes. And I was really happy about that. Bring them on, baby. Um, so let's start with this one. It says, it's, oh, I should also preface it with, <laughs> it started with ask, what's their sign, your sign, how it is, and what you wish you'd understand more about their sign. So partner sign is Capricorn. My sign is Scorpio. How it is, it's the best relationship I've ever had in my life. I didn't think there would be someone out there like him for me. What I wish I knew about their sign, how their brain is wired, and how are they say understanding and patient and kind, and how are... How are they so understanding, patient, and kind? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> right? Yeah. We'll go yeah, with that's it. it. How, how are they, they, so are they so understanding, understanding and patient, patient and, and kind? kind. <laughs> They're a Capricorn. How are they so understanding, patient, and kind? Okay, so Capricorn and Scorpio, mm. great match. Mm. The reason is because both of these signs have like this gothic vibe about them. Like Scorpio. I love that. It's the sign of the underworld and the darkness and death and your ancestors. And death. I mean, it's, death. It's, you know, it's a, it's the sign of psychology. You know, my career sign is in Scorpio and I'm like psychoanalysis. Your career sign, yeah. bitch. What? Yeah. What's girl. You've got a personal life sign. You've got a career sign. I need. A I partnership need. Sign. I need all these. I can't we'll wait. Do the whole chart. I can't I'm wait. excited. Okay. All right. All right. Back, <laughs> back to it. So Scorpio, it's kind of this very. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> it's this very gothic vibe. Um, so ayahuasca is a Scorpio. I just believe that energy. Like her spirit has that underworld death vibe. And Capricorn is in its worst vibration. It's like the sign of hell or the devil. But in its highest vibration, it's the heavenly father. Because Capricorn represents the father archetype. So we can mm. see good daddy, bad daddy. Mm. So when we have... Daddy. <laughs> Not daddy being bad. <laughs> daddy. Baddy daddy. <laughs> um, so when we have Capricorn, Capricorn is the sign of resilience. Like they can get through anything. And Scorpio is the sign of trauma. So for for oh. this you know listener to be writing in and saying like, how can you be so kind and patient and understanding? Capricorns are unfazed by darkness and trauma. It's my rising sign in my birth chart. So like, I have no problem sitting and listening to like 
my it gets dark with my clients because we go to the trauma and like heal it but yeah you know so like this compatibility it makes perfect sense like i would i would put these two signs together if mm. i had the option to do so because they're both very familiar with the trauma of life the underworld you know life challenges i t- 10 out of 10 good match okay okay <laughs> yes i love that for love this, this person okay another one I'm an Aries and my partner is a Gemini. I was skeptical about our astrological compatibility and Gemini's bad reputation, but it is truly the most healthy and loving relationship I've been in. Turns out that underneath that ever-changing facade of an exterior, Geminis are big loving softies. Okay. I agree with that. I mean, Gemini is my past life sign and my birthright. Yes, you have a past life sign and a destiny sign where you've been, where you're going. Oh my God. So at its highest vibration, Gemini is the sign of like the local community, planting roots, getting to know everyone around you. My past life Mm -hmm. sign is Gemini. I was the homecoming king. Like I... Wait, how do you know that? In your birth chart? How do you know you're the homecoming king? Oh, no, no, no. In this lifetime. So the past life also carries into (laughs) this lifetime. So I was the homecoming king. I was like, how do you know that? But like, because Gemini's, <laughs> there was homecoming back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> because Gemini is my past life sign. I've already mastered like communication, making friends, building community. That's very easy for me. So I need to go towards Sagittarius, international travel. I'm training to become an ayahuasca shaman. Like fire. There's the path. But Gemini's are great communicators, and as long as they don't have the Jekyll and Hyde thing about them, then how I do say, you know that? How can you tell that? You got to look at the birth chart and see what's going on. Is the moon sign aspected well for Gemini? What's Mercury doing? How, you know, and also just like when you meet somebody, Geminis are great compartmentalizers. So sometimes they can appear perfect. And then after getting to know them that first six months, maybe a year, the the imperfections might start coming out because as an archetype, Gemini is the sign of the shadow. So what Freud would describe the part of ourselves that we want to suppress, deny, mm-hmm. hide, where we're ashamed. As long as a Gemini has integrated their shadow, it's a great sign, mm. you know? Really interesting. Yeah. That is. Whereas Aries is the sign of just being yourself, human being. So when we have Aries, they're uh, spontaneous, excitable. They want to do athletic things or travel or, you know, explore nature. So both signs are highly curious. You know, it's a mm-hmm. sign of being yourself and the sign of community. They kind of go well together. Communication versus just being yourself. Mm. So again, another very compatible match. I'm happy for this couple. Oh, I'm I'm happy for them too. Well, and Aries can also deal with Gemini when their split personality is coming out. Because oh, Aries is that's like a great superpower. Because oh. Aries is the sign of conflict. Ah. Like they're not afraid to be like, yo, two minutes ago you said this was fine and now you're freaking out. Stop. And that, that'll stop a Gemini in their tracks. Wow. You know, Aries yeah. is not Epic. afraid to go there. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. The energy fizz is kicking in right now. Yeah, baby. Is it? Oh, yeah. Um. Okay. On to the next before Jamie starts singing more. <laughs> we On to the singing. next. Jamie. Mm-hmm. My sign is Taurus. My boyfriend is Capricorn. We've been together for four years now. The main things I know about Capricorns are that they're driven and overachievers, but in an effortless way. That is my boyfriend to a T. But I want to know deeper aspects about a zodiac sign and our compatibility. Well, both Earth signs, this is a great match. I mean, given that everything else in the birth chart is running smoothly, Earth signs are typically looking for a partner that they can build with. 
So they want to have a home and a good lifestyle and money saved up. And like, you know, they're not afraid of having a more traditional or grounded thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Taurus is the sign of beauty and sensuality and pleasure. And Capricorn is the sign of like hard work and career and resilience and doing whatever it takes to get the results you want. So for a Capricorn, they can have a hard time feeling intimacy or attachment. Um, it's not that they don't commit to people. It's just that they're not thinking with their feelings. They're thinking with how can I like build my empire? Mm. So to have a Taurus partnering with a Capricorn, Taurus can help bring a little pleasure and a little sweetness to the Capricorn. Aww. And Capricorn can provide for the Taurus. That's really wow, sweet. That's very and they're both sweet. very committed. Like they w- probably want marriage and kids and maybe not kids. It depends. But, you know, they, they have similar long-term goals, likely. Mm. So glad all of these are compatible so far because the I'm second you the have drama. to be like, mm, it's not going to work. <laughs> the drums. Sorry. Okay. You're done. You're done. You're done. Oh my God. Is that <laughs> Bailey from TikTok? Yes. Yes. Wind it up. You're done. Wind it up. You're done. <laughs> Jamie was like, mm, who? <laughs> mm, you're done. <laughs> all right. Up. Bless you. Thank you. That was a cough, but thank you. <laughs> I know. But either way, you're Bailey's blessed. Bailey's a Leo too, by the way. Is she? Yeah, she is. So my I, queen. I looked her up. A absolute queen. All right. I'm an Aries. Not me. Not Bella. Again, this is another. This is another. It's a submission. All right. I'm an Aries and my partner is a Pisces. We're going six years strong. And though, and although we are fundamentally, and I dropped it. Where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. This is a mess. I'm don't a mess. Le- don't let this one kill you. Woo! Okay. I got this. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm starting over. No, should I? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's start from the beginning. I'm in Aries and my partner is a Pisces. We're going six years strong. And although we are fundamentally very different people, it's been a beautiful journey finding our common ground. I guess what I want to know is why do opposites attract and what are some theories about the longevity of couples like that in the long run? She said, hope that's a fun topic. Love what you guys are doing. Okay, so this one is very near and dear to my heart. I'm a Pisces. Oh, I've dated four Aries. (laughs) Lord have mercy. So um, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac and Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac, but on the wheel, they're right next to each other. Mm -hmm. So whenever we have signs that are neighboring signs, um, it's actually not necessarily a bad thing. Anytime that your sign is before or after your partner's sign, it's likely that you're going to have other placements in your birth chart that are the same. So I'm a Pisces. Mm. My Venus is an Aries. It's just naturally I'm drawn to Aries people. So the neighboring signs will have some things in common, like Pisces and Aries archetypally are both underdogs. So they'll they'll have that in common. They're going to have something like, they're like, okay, we both are rooting for that underdog. We're both in this energy. But Pisces is the sign of learning from your mistakes, and Aries is the sign of learning through making mistakes. Interesting. So, (laughs) oh, you know, like a Pisces is going to sit and think about like, how can I do this better next time? Like, I feel so bad about how I messed up in this situation. Aries just makes mistakes and then have like, they learn by suffering the consequences. Hmm. So, and Aries is that sign of like archetypally just be yourself. So they're impulsive and and it's the most masculine sign of the Zodiac. So they've got that Mm. like, I'm going to square with you. Whereas Pisces is like emotional and sensitive and they want to like analyze your brain. And so it's kind of like the feminine and masculine coming together in a big way. But these are two signs that maybe I wouldn't put together immediately. But as long as they have complementary things, it can be a fabulous match. 
I mean, the deepest love of my life was with an Aries. Wow. So, well, they're going on six years strong. And we know go. this couple and they they're are lovely. They're amazing together. And they're just both beautiful people. Yeah. And they're, they're both- like one of the couples I've seen where I'm just like, you're so you're just compatible. Yeah. Like, you just like they just make sense. Well, they're just so like both of them have a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they're running into something like they they want to go for it. The only thing is, can you get an Aries to stay for that first six months? If you can, it's more likely that you can actually make it work. Interesting. All right. This one. Here we go. Throw us a troublesome one. My sign is Aries. X's sign was Pisces. It was a disaster. (laughs) He was emotionally unavailable. After breaking up, he blocked me on social media. And a few months later, he tried to get back with me. At one point, he told me that he is super sick and will die. I still couldn't fully recover from this experience. I wish I knew that water can really put the fire out. Okay. So this is drama as a Pisces myself, like the, the blocking and then unblocking and coming back. Like (laughs) Pisces, we're very abstract. We're not the best with our boundaries. We're really emotional. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of like, like, how can I kind of wiggle my way back into this one? (laughs) So that's the low vibration of Pisces. The low vibration of Aries is like, uh, just being like really impulsive and just kind of going with it. So same thing with the match before, like it's a neighboring sign. So they're going to have some things in common and some things different. This is a great example of seeing like why it's not always a, a yeah. home run, you know? Mm-hmm. So and I'm sure they have the rising and the moon. All yeah. of that's probably different big than the other. Are just not, yeah. they're not compatible. Learning. So, but the neighboring signs, you can make it work. We need other supporting factors. Mm. Mm. Let's see. There's a few other questions on here. Okay, here's one. My sign, whoa, my sign is Sagittarius and my partner sign is Aquarius. I wanted to know if they have a creative mindset. So their partner is an Aquarius. Yes, and they are a Sag. Yeah, uh, great compatibility right off the bat. Sagittariuses don't really want to jump into commitment too quickly. Mm. They like to kind of see what you're about, see if you kind of fit the the philosophy of what they want their life to be about. That's really important to a Sagittarius. If you don't fit their vision for what they want their life to be, they're not interested. So a Sag will take their time getting to know someone. An Aquarius will take forever (laughs) getting to know someone. Okay. So this is great because the two of them can probably have really fun adventures they don't neither one wants to jump into a relationship too quickly Mm -hmm. and the aquarius typically they are very innovative like your moon in aquarius you're going to think of things differently see the world a little bit different um it does have a good creative impulse so i say as long as these two like date for six months to a year first they like because neither one wants to rush into anything as long as aquarius isn't like ghosting i say it's a go (laughs) Love that. Okay. Well, we had more questions, but these are all the ones I have on this computer. Amazing. Unfort. What is the most creative sign? What do you say? Probably Leo. Leo and Pisces. But like, does it make a difference where your Leo is? Like, hers is in Moon. Mine's my son. Like, what does that do to the creativity factor of things? So, with the Leo sign, you're going to want to create outwardly. You know, maybe the way that you dress, maybe painting, maybe you know, expressing something. Leo Moon people, it's like they feel deeply they want to really? create that's with their so interesting you know that's they wanna, me yeah. yeah that's your that's your you want to create with your feelings 
you know? So, but like, you also are really like the way you dress, the way you like painting, like all those, cause she's like that too. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that at all. And well, you got an Aquarius moon. So like your impulse yeah. isn't to make it about you, you know? Yeah. So you might be creative in ways, but it could be creative towards the collective. Mm-hmm. Like you're performing outwardly to the world in a way. Um, yeah. So it's, and then Pisces is probably the other most creative sign. So it's because Pisces are just, Rihanna, there's this clip of Rihanna where she's like, whenever I sing, it's like, and hear music, I'm transported to another world. Mm-hmm. And like, have you ever heard of synesthesia? Mm-mm. Yeah. So, so I have this. So this is when you're listening to music and you start seeing colors in oh, your like mind. Oh, John Mayer. Yeah. Like John Mayer. Is he a Pisces, you think? I don't know. I don't know. What I bet he would is. be a Pisces. Or like whenever I look at like names, they have a color in my mind or mm. like numbers. I or, see colors too. Yeah. There you, so you have synesthesia. Yeah, I see colors with people. What, oh, so you see auras? Yes, oh maybe. Oh my God. What color is Jamie's? I've actually never thought about Jamie's before. I've never seen one on you. Oh, How weird. Probably because you're so close that you just see pure. Maybe it's like normal people. I just like sometimes people walk by and I'm like, you're green, you know? Well, it makes sense because you have cancer rising. Cancer is the most psychic sign of the zodiac tied with Capricorn. So oh. intuition is going to be really powerful for you. It's something that you might want to delve deeper into. I've gone to psychics before and all of them told me I should meditate because then I'd be able to tap into my psychic abilities. Yeah, cancer rising people have that like very deep psychic connection. So that's something that you might want to look into. When I was little, I used to have dreams and they would come true. They're, and I would go home literally. to my mom and be like, mom, I had this dream about XYZ happening on the playground and it happened today. Like we were playing handball and like, Does it that was like still a weird... happen to you? Sometimes every once in a while. You can yeah. activate it deeper, but your Virgo might be getting in the way. Mm. Like the OCD, anxiety, yeah. like, you know, that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I think when you're little, you probably have more psychic abilities because you don't know what anxiety or any of the stuff is yeah. to like yeah. layer on top of it yet. But also life like can really beat us down with like responsibility or like trauma or like these kinds of things that block our psychic ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'd probably do really well with ayahuasca. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It'll open that channel back up, baby. Oh, open the channel. Cut it down. The channel is open. Shut up, <laughs> All right. Well. Two questions before we (laughs) shut up. (laughs) First, Danny, tell the listeners, viewers, Nips community, where can they find you on social? So you can find me on my personal Instagram page at Santos Crystal Visions. That's where I show all the stuff for my spiritual life coaching. Um, I am a professional astrologer, tarot card reader, intuitive life coach. I'm a certified breathwork instructor, and I'm training to be an ayahuasca shaman. So basically, the purpose of my my whole business is to help people heal their trauma. Um, I will be coming to you for primary Breathwork is crazy. It is. I'm actually about to launch my three-month breathwork program. It's called The Breath of the Cosmos where you do um, every week you learn the master archetypal sign of the Zodiac. So like Aries being yourself, Taurus, nature, and like all of the things that go with each one. And then we do a breathwork playlist based on each sign. That's so so cool. That's really sick. Specifically designed to give you the tools of life and also help you heal your trauma. And then if you like my voice, you can go follow me over at Astro Daddy Podcast (laughs) on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, and Instagram. Astro Daddy. Hell yeah. Who's your daddy? (laughs) Who's your daddy, Astro Daddy? (laughs) Okay. Normally, we ask our, uh, what are you, guest? (laughs) What are you? Who are you? What the fuck are you? Normally, we ask our guests what their last purchase 
on Amazon is. But because you just probably purchase really cool things all the time, what was your last purchase in general? Oh, in general? Well, I'm in the process of selling Selling? all my stuff right now. But I will say, um, I absolutely love that guy on TikTok, um, Dear Modern, who does feng shui. Mm -hmm. So he like, I just purchased his book called Feng Shui Modern. And he, go to his TikTok page. He teaches people how to arrange the furniture in your home based on the feng shui uh, to like make the energy flow better. Mm-hmm. As a Virgo, you'll probably get super. Into I want to do that. His you can TikTok do that. is at Dear Modern, and his book Dear is Modern. his book is called Feng Shui Modern. And you can literally just read the book and then do it yourself. I'm going to. That's beautiful. This is my favorite episode we've ever done. <laughs> I want you to come on for every single oh. episode. I would love to. I'd be blessed to y'all. <laughs> I can't wait to come to your church. We're yeah, joining girl. a church. I mean, Take you, me to church. You call baby. it a church legally because yeah. you know. So for me, it's probably just going to be like my healing center or. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But it'll be legal because I don't like cool. to fuck with the rules. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Follow the rules. You know, follow the rules. Amazing. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. Oh my God. It was such a pleasure and an honor. I absolutely love you both. I feel like this was so much fun. It was so this much was fun. Great. And we'll be on your podcast. Yes. So everyone stay tuned for that as well. Astro Daddy. Astro Daddy. Catch nips on Astro Daddy. Catch the nips on Astro Daddy, baby. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another surprise, motherfucker. So today Lauren sent us a TED Talk, and it was called A Hilarious Celebration of Lifelong Female Friendship. The Legendariest. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Duo Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. You may have seen their show, Grace and Frankie. It is fucking epic. Um, they've been friends for decades, and it is a very raw, tender, and wide ranging conversation hosted by Pat Mitchell. And the three of them discuss longevity, feminism, the differences between male and female friendship, what it means to live well, and the women's role in the future of our planet. To quote, the beautiful, amazing Jane Fonda. I don't even know what I would do without my women friends. I exist because I have my women friends. Agreed, Miss Fonda. Agreed. Oh, Miss Fonda. So, what'd you think? God, I just, I adore them. I know, they're really... I just adore them. Great friendship. Really cute. Yeah. So sassy with each other. Genuinely how I picture us, us in the future. Yeah. yeah. And I've been sure. saying that to you for a long time because... I've been watching Grace and Frankie for all of the seasons that it's been on. Mm-hmm. What, truly, and I know people sleep on it, It that show is so joyful. It's such a wonderful show. I love it. It makes my heart so happy. But their friendship, it's just the chemistry between the two of them that is so beautiful. They encapsulate what an inspirational woman looks like to yeah, me. And I, I, yeah. I agree with that. Good. I, I second you everything you say. I thought it was interesting. They said something along the lines of they finally it's taken them years to do studies on women because we've been ignored by science for so long. But they did a study on women and it said that women who have close female relationships are something to do with like 50 percent more likely to live longer. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, women who don't have close female relationships actually are at risk for like cancer, like physical manifesting. Yeah. Like obesity. You're at the same risk as someone who smokes is obese and something else. Yeah. It's just those two overweight and smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Same risk because Mm -hmm. if you don't have 
female friendships. And I think that's really important. Yeah. But I think I love when she was saying that she will often shed tears with her with her friends just because she feels so much joy for having these friendships. Yeah. Which I thought was so beautiful because sometimes I feel that way, you know, mostly with you. I don't know. I think female friendships are the epitome of the best friendships and the coolest. Mm -hmm. And on top of it all, I don't know. I just really like their dynamic. I thought it was hilarious. Do you watch, have you watched Grace no. and Frankie? You should watch it. Okay, I will. I love Jane Fonda. She's so cool. Are you going to see 80 for Brady? 80 for, oh, I kind of want to see I that. I want to see it. I'm down, honestly. It just seems fun and stupid and cute and like amazing. And I love all of them. Stupid cute. Stupid cute. Okay, and that wraps up Surprise Mother today. <laughs> and Hot takes, go. Hot take. I keep having bad dreams. Hot take um, that I didn't clarify a couple episodes ago and I was called out for. I also think cream cheese is good on bagels. I just didn't say that because I assumed that's where everyone's brain goes. So I just jumped to the more rare things. (laughs) So hot take is cream cheese is good on everything and good on bagels. Hot take Bella's been making bread. My bread is fire. So good. Hot take make bread. It's just time consuming, but it's not hard. I'm not allowed to mix in the beginning because I would kill the yeast, as Bella would say. Or I, what I call her when we're baking, Melissa. I don't know why I'm baked by Melissa. Is that why? That's what everybody keeps saying, but you were just giving me Melissa energy. Like you were giving me Melissa. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Melissa and I will be back next week. Please rate, like, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nail Polish Sisters is hosted and produced by Jamie Belushi and Bella Giannulli. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by Jordan Thayer. Original music by Joey Kars. The The Nail Nail Polish Polish Sisters Sisters is a Gulfstream Studios production. And if you've made it this far, 100 points.